listening to The Sociable Scribes, two professional writers who work hard, play hard, and love to have fun on the job. Word stylist Nikita Rowell-Stevens and publishing consultant Kim Ely talk about the topics and questions they hear most often from their clients. Let's talk about writing, the good, the bad, and the awesome, while addressing popular questions and concerns from real writers like you. If you're a writer, someone who aspires to write, or just wants to learn more about writing and publishing and have a lot of fun along the way, welcome to the tribe. Here are your hosts, Nikita and Kim, two writers who love to socialize, the sociable scribes. So Nikita, what is behind your curtain today? Well, Kim, I kind of find myself a bit in sports mode. Um, as you know, I am a bit of a sports junkie. Um, actually, it was going to be um, that. That's actually what I wanted to, to 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 do after I graduated college. My dream was to work for ESPN. Go figure. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so I I love sports. Um, I also, you know, went to a big sports school. Went to UNC. And so this coming week, um, Carolina plays Duke, which is like by far um, the biggest basketball rivalry in college sports. I think that there is. Oh, um, snap. And so, I, <laughs> yeah, oh, snap. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm also a little bit nervous. Um, our team does, is not um, as good as they have been in past years. We've had a little struggle. Mm-hmm this year um and so i'm just hoping that they show up and play well against duke because i'd rather lose all the games in the season than win against duke um, <laughs> Ooh, that's big the ncaa tournament will come around and they'll be like oh, well you gotta lose for duke because they're they're an ACC team. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm anybody but Duke. That's how I was raised. So wait, A B D. Anybody but Duke. <laughs> anybody but Duke. Oh, you know, Duke sucks. That's how. <laughs> all right, don't, all right. We don't go for Duke in my house. Gotcha. So do me a favor. T- teach me a cheer for UNC. Is there a particular uh, one? Like, um, tell me okay. the right thing to say because I don't want to so say the wrong really, thing. <laughs> here's a really cheesy one. You can just remember part of it because I remember I learned this. I, it's crazy that I still remember this. So <laughs> we learned this cheer my freshman year in college. It was like, titles in the front. Let me hear your grunt. Titles in the middle. Let me hear your sizzle. Titles in the rear. Let me hear your cheer. Go. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Uh, <laughs> God, I love it. That's awesome. So, so if you can remember that, we can do that here together, Kim. Okay, so what is it in the front? What was the first word? Tar heels in the front. Tar heels in the front. Grunt. Okay. Okay. You got a grunt. One, two, three. Tar heels in the front. Let me hear you grunt. Tar heels in the middle. Hear you sizzle. Tar heels in the rear. Let me hear you cheer. Woo! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Go Tar Heels! Woo! <laughs> oh, that's so fun! Yay! 
after again. That was fun. <laughs> well, I went to William & Mary, and as you know, we are not a big sports school. <laughs> we used to have a really obnoxious cheer. And it was like, that's all right. That's okay. You're going to work for us someday. <laughs> Oh, Isn't that wow. awful? I know, right? I was like, ooh, that, that, that's dark. <laughs> but um, but uh, behind my curtain this week, oh, gosh. Oh, I'm so excited because tomorrow I am doing a talk for National Speakers Association Virginia Chapter. Woo-woo! Yay, woo-hoo. So awesome. excited. I'm going to be talking about storytelling and it's going to touch on some of the things that we talked about last um, episode when we were talking about your book is your business. Because we'll be talking Great. about telling your story, engaging your readers, um, engaging uh, people for your business and creating a brand that makes people go, yeah, I believe in you. And um, so I'm super excited about that. But I'm also a little nervous because I'm speaking for professional speakers that's like, you know, cooking a meal for, like, professional chefs or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. Hmm. So, you got it, Kim. But, you okay. So, Kimmy in the middle. Let me hear you sizzle. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my cheer. I'll throw them off. They'll be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Yay! So go Tar Heels! Whoop whoop! That's right! Go Heels! Go Heels! <laughs> the written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, so Nikina, I am super excited to talk about today's topic. Me too. Um... There's so many people in, in, in our um, line of work that we run into that want to write a book, and they get um, the process of, of, of starting is um, intimidating for them. Um, totally. So we want to talk about, you know, how do you set yourself up for success um, when you're writing a book? Exactly. And, and I think, like many things, if you're planning on it ahead of time, to set yourself up for success, you will do much better. Um, I think the number one thing I hear from people who come to me and need help is are, are, they will say, I'm ready to write my book, but I don't know where to start. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we talk about environment specifically, one thing that came yeah. to mind that I think is pivotal mm-hmm. um, because it's what the discipline that you need to have to, to write the book is under setting your intention and your why. Um, because without that in place, you're not, you're going to let yourself off the hook. Yes. You're not going to commit. So you have to really ask yourself, you have to be really honest with yourself and you have to ask yourself, 
why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? If I don't do this, then what? You know, what is the consequence of me not going through with this process? Um, Because you have to see and understand the impact of why you're doing what you're doing for you to actually take the step and say, you know what, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable and I'm going to do this. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's huge because without establishing that intention, you know, you're, you're, you're not focused. You're not sure why you're doing it. I think that's how people end up in the proverbial weeds. Like, oh, I don't know where to start yeah. because they don't know you have to have a destination before you can start a trip. So <laughs> I think it's important. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, exactly. I think once you know your intention and, um, and we were on a roll uh, last episode with analogies, so I've got one. Um, yeah would be the analogy of say you want to start um, running races and you want to, maybe you ultimately want to run a marathon or a half marathon. You would want to plan out your destination, meaning this is my intention is I'm going to work my way up to, to running 26 miles. Um, and so you would, you would have to think about that, that, that goes with your intention and, and your planning. You wouldn't just sign up for a marathon and not train and then just run (laughs) on that day. (laughs) It would be a bad idea. We don't recommend that. Very bad. (laughs) So, so, but, but you do need to set up some discipline and um, that sounds kind of unfun. Discipline in and of itself does not sound like a fun word. It does not say party, but discipline actually can be your best friend because instead of feeling like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, discipline helps you have that intention and then be like, okay, I am writing a book and you know what? I want to complete it this year. Boom. You've got an yeah. intention. You know, that's a start. <laughs> what? One of my favorite perspectives on discipline was came from a, a really good friend and mentor of mine, mm-hmm. and he told me that discipline is how you gain your own self-respect. Mm. And love, I it. She told me that, and it's always stuck with me because it's true. Yeah. Because when you are able to discipline yourself, mm-hmm. and you're able to do the things that are difficult right. um, to do every day. It does. You do gain your own self-respect. You do see yourself differently than you do when you let yourself off the hook. So um, I've always loved that. I love that. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and <laughs> what a good way to approach, you know, when you are starting to write and, and trying to create that right environment for yourself. Um, and, and part of that is, is your mindset. And this is why I'm doing this. Oh, that's awesome. Exactly. Um, exactly. So when you are creating the right environment, um, I think part of what we're talking about is schedule and um, time and then also um, literally a place. Um, knowing, right. knowing your schedule, well, I think part of it, too, is, is knowing your writing style. And this goes back to one of our episodes where we talked about pantsers versus plotters. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to know yourself and know, am I somebody who works better with an outline or am I somebody who um, really thrives better just as a quick start? Like, boom, let me just start writing, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. I, I also think that you have to think in terms of yourself and, and what environment 
um, kind of feed your muse, what helps mm. you, your creativity thrive. Yes. And it could be some people have to have complete silence. Mm. Um, some people mm. like to listen to soft jazz in the background. Mm-hmm. Some people, mm. like me, um, <laughs> and this is funny, this is where the social part between me and you kind of separate. Right. <laughs> I, I thrive when I write and being around other people. I'm not just a sociable scribe. I'm truly a sociable scribe <laughs> all the way to the writing part. Um, I like being, I do well writing in groups. And if I'm not writing in a group, um, I, my ideal writing place is a coffee shop because I like the white noise around me. Um, I don't like that silence when I'm writing. Um, and maybe it has something to do with the fact that I grew up that there's, you know, in a house with, there's four of us, um, <laughs> as far as kids. So I never lived in a quiet house. Right. Um, and so maybe it's because I learned, had to learn how to study as a kid, um, with a lot of noise and things around me. Um, and it just conditioned me to be that way. Um, or it's maybe it's just because I'm social or the combination of both. I don't know, but right. I personally do better around people That's... having things like, Hearing conversations of people going on around, it doesn't distract me. It actually just, I don't know, it fuels me somehow. That's so cool. And, yeah, we've talked about this before. I'm, I I don't mind being in a coffee shop and having music, but I can't have a conversation and write also. Something about my brain is just like, nope. Um, <laughs> we're either in talk yeah. mode or write mode. So, so knowing that about yourself um, can set yourself up for success because – if you know that, um, say, going to a coffee house and almost always there's, you know, ambient noise from people talking and there's the barista machine going, and you know, <laughs> all that stuff. If you know that that will distract you, keep yourself out of that environment. Or if you're like us, go towards that environment, because if, if silence drives you crazy, then going to the library may not be the right choice for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it may take. If you're new, if you're new at writing, it may take some trial and error to figure out what you know how that works for you. Right. Um, for me, honestly, I didn't just, I didn't learn how much of a social writer I was until a couple of years ago. Um, and so, what I would find is when I would write in silence, is I would write for like little small bits of time, and then I'd run around and like you know try to find somebody to talk to. What you doing? You know, like right. yeah. um, so I um, it's easier for me. Um, now to have that um, and really what works better for me now is if I'm not in that social environment music Mm -hmm. can serve as a good um, you know distractor because I like having there's got to be something going on right Um, so you've got to figure that out for yourself in terms of what is really working for you and gets you in your groove absolutely absolutely and I think part of it too is um because part of the discipline that you're talking about, making that promise to yourself, is making a commitment and saying, I'm going to write, um, uh, you know, and, and choose a time interval. Like, I'm going to write every day for at least 15 minutes is an example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you, Nikita, when when's the best time for you to write? Is it morning or evening, or is there a particular time that works best for you? Um. I'm pretty flexible when I'm working on a deadline or mm-hmm. if I'm working on a book. Um, and I have found I work best in the morning mm. um, when, I, when I'm, when i you know, kind of doing one of my marathon, you know, writing sessions. <laughs> right. It's very, 
it, it works best for me to top my day off mm-hmm. with writing. And it, that, that was a really big shift for me last year when I started building my writing habit is learning, like, because believe it or not, I struggle with the same thing everyone else struggles with is like, you, you say, I'm, I say I'm going to write. And then you, then all these other priorities come. Yes. And for me, it was, yeah, I have a writing business, but what would happen for me is I didn't prioritize my own writing, which is why it took me so long to start working on my own book mm-hmm. because I other people's writing that I had to complete. And so when I made the decision to start working on my own books and getting my own books out there and publishing them, Mm -hmm. I had to figure out how do I prioritize it? And for me, how I prioritized it was making sure it was the first thing I did Ah. every morning. And, and so when I was working on, you know, starting um, the series and working on my book, that first hour belonged to that. And so it's, that's kind of where the discipline comes in is you have to realize that um, you've got to carve out that time and, and prioritize this is what's important to me. And if you know there are going to be other things that are going to distract you, mm-hmm. how do you get up get, even if it means getting up and saying, okay, I'm going to write at 6 o'clock in the morning. Right. What is right. it going to be? Awesome. Oh, that's very cool. Excellent. Well, yeah. we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, so enjoying talking about this topic. It's really cool. Um, Me too. I really love helping writers get set up for success. It's so important. So Yes, um, it is. Absolutely. This next topic we're going to be talking about is um, empowering your writing. And a lot of that has to, let's just call it what it is, tackle fear. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That I think fear is the one thing that paralyzes and holds so many writers back from actually moving forward. When you talk to so many people that say, I want to write, I want to write a book, and or they've written a book and they get stuck, um, fear often has a lot to do with it. It doesn't have to do with, I can't figure out my next topic or what I want to write. Um, <clears throat> they're often afraid of, what's go- what if people don't like it? Right. What, if, what if they do? What if they right. do? People have fear of success as well. Um, you know, what if it doesn't, you know, um, if it doesn't become a bestseller? You know, there's so many things that go in your head that will paralyze you from actually taking action and moving forward. Oh, big time. And and I like the way you said it because there are so many things. Um, one of the best books I've read is called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And in that book, he talks all about 
it, it's really fear, but he calls it resistance. And okay. throughout the book, resistance is the villain. And resistance can take so many forms. It can take the form of um, fear of being judged, like you're talking about, oh, my gosh, who am I to put this book out there? You know, people are going to read it and judge me for it. It can take um, very subtle, insidious forms like, huh, I wonder what's on Netflix. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, avoiding writing because you have allowed yourself to get distracted or, gosh, I would really like to fold the laundry right now. I think we have strange thoughts like that because we experience that resistance and all of a sudden a task that you don't enjoy doing becomes fascinating. Well, if I just don't do these dishes, you know, I'm going to burst. It's like, well, no, you didn't really feel like doing the dishes. You're just avoiding writing. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And uh, perfectionism is another form of resistance that's really fear dressed up as, well, if this isn't just exactly right, how on earth can I share it or write it? And boy, that's a really tough one I think a lot of people face. A lot of people. um, I I run into that a lot in in my program, in my Find Your Muse program. A lot of people go through that self-editing phase. And um, I feel like like more people than not experience that i think that's one of the benefits of being a pantser and you almost have to uh when it comes to going through this process you almost have to teach people how to um turn on an inner pantser within themselves <laughs> yes. because in order for you to complete a manuscript you have to learn how to write through and cut off that inner editor within you because if you don't you will be working on your manuscript forever you will never you'll never get past um you know uh chapter one because you're constantly going back and editing and say well no this can be well you know what it can always be better it can always be better exactly (laughs) you're gonna always find something oh Um, yeah that inner perfectionist is a beast it's like well yep i could improve this sentence and and like you said it it turns into like a rabbit hole that you run into and and some people never escape like I I know you've probably run into people like this writers who have written something and they wrote it like 10 years ago and they're terrified to release it because they're like oh I just I just need to rewrite this one part no um (laughs) um have you ever heard the expression um uh perfect is the enemy of the good Mm. Isn't I don't that think a, I've heard that. I like that. Isn't that a good one? An amazing boss I had, um, Mike, once said that to me. I think I was working on a project and I was being perfectionistic about it. And he's like, yeah. would you please turn this in? And I go, it's not exactly right yet. And he goes, perfect is the enemy of the good, meaning if you're so caught up in making it perfect that you never release your book, what good is that doing anybody? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. But that's a huge one. So in your program, um, uh, Find Your Muse, how do y'all tackle, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, resistance or fear? Um, by taking action. Perfect. Um, I think that there's no other way to tackle fear other than through taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, part, part of the 
the, the strength of the program, I believe, is it is providing a framework for people to be able to work in where they're not, they don't feel alone in the mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because we are working together collaboratively mm-hmm. um, as a group to create their work of art, um, and they have, you know, buddies that they're partnered with to do it, and then they also have a coach and me to work with them. Um, it's a process that becomes, it's no longer solitary. They have accountability right. um, in the process, and they have, again, they have collaboration. And I think by having that, by having that, they um, are able to feel it releases some of that fear mm. um, because part of that fear comes from, I think fear seems to be a much bigger monster when you're tackling, when you, when you feel like you're, you, you probably never are. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're tackling it alone. Right. Um, so, um, but for you to take action and to move beyond that wall of fear often requires, like you said in the beginning, empowerment right. and having people to encourage you and someone to actually literally push you off the cliff. <laughs> you might feel like you're falling. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, you may feel like you're falling and maybe you're going to be scared, but you have to do something because you're, <laughs> you either fall or you move. Right. And, um, right. That's the, that's the intention behind, you know, what I'm trying to create in my program and find your views, um, particularly in, in my accelerator program when people are, when we have a deadline to create that manuscript <laughs> in, in six months. Right. So yeah, you've got to take action. You've got to do something. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. You have to take action. It's sort of like a uh, throwing someone in the deep end, so to speak. Um, exactly. Exactly. I, I wanted to share with you something that I do um, with my clients, and it's uh, I call it the the writer empowerment card. And okay, the the reason I do this is. Um, and, and, and I love what you're saying, you know, you're talking about having people stay writing because they're part of a group and, and you're there when the group's there to, to help, you know, kind of guide them along or push them along, um, with the writer empowerment card, um, it's similar, but it's, it's approaching the confidence from within. So what I like to do is have, um, uh, everybody take an index card. And they'll write on the top of it, I am a writer. And then at the bottom of the card, they write, my words have power. On the uh, left-hand side of the card, I have them write the name of what they're writing, like the name of their book. And then on the right-hand side, I have them write and think about first and then write down the end state that they're going to feel once they have completed their book. So it could be super ecstatic, you know, um, relieved, um, (laughs) whatever that end state is. And then I have them and I, I literally make them do this. I make them put their hand on the card and then raise their other hand. Like they're taking an oath and say, I promise to not say that my writing sucks. I promise that I will do the writing myself and not ask someone else to do it. I promise not to ball up my writing into a ball of paper, but instead uh, continue writing fearlessly. And then I have them repeat, I am a writer and my words have power. I love that. And, oh, thank you. And then to have them keep the card somewhere 
where they're writing, like say you write at your desk or say if you do do go to a coffee shop, you know, maybe um, bring the card with you and put it somewhere where you can see it and have it there in front of you. Because anytime those little resistance demons come up and it's like, well, who are you to write this book? Oh, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, my words have power. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yay. I love it. Awesome. So, yeah, that's another way I think you can help set yourself up for success. That's something that I think a lot of people don't think about. They're like, well, I'm just going to go out there and write. And you have to kind of address those little boogaboos. Um, That's what I call the fear. (laughs) 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 That's my name for the fear. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, I'm so digging this topic. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. All right, we're back. And Nikita, I wanted to ask you about something that you had mentioned before. Of course. So we were talking earlier about uh, how to tackle fear and resistance. And I loved what you were saying about how y'all do it with your Find Your Muse program, um, which sounds like basically you get everybody in the group participating, and it sounds to me like that's a really good way to uh, have accountability. Absolutely, absolutely. The The whole premise behind Find Your Muse is, is building accountability um, because by having not only a coach, but a team of peers that you're working with, mm-hmm. that you're accountable to, um, it's no longer, you're no longer just accountable to yourself. Nice. Um, it's another thing I've heard from um, a friend of mine said, it's sad to say, but it's true. You will always, you will always be willing to let yourself down, <laughs> but, which is, it's really sad, but it's true. It is. But, but when you involve other people, and you know what, I can attest to this when I, um, a couple years ago I did uh, the 10-day lemonade cleanse. And all I could eat, I, I, all I could have was water, the lemonade, the, the lemonade from the diet, um, and herbal tea. So for 10 days I didn't eat food. Wow. Um, and it was probably one of the hardest things I ever did. And, and it's funny how you go through different stages. In the very beginning I was like, you know, super excited because I'm thinking about the benefits it's going to do, you right. know, it's gonna, I'm, you know, cleanse my body, get rid of toxins, right. you know, so day one and two are like kind of exciting. Day three and four is like, like perpetual hell. Like you're just, you're like just angry and hungry and like, um, by the, those are the days I wanted to quit, uh, but I didn't because I did it with someone else. There was someone else who was going, a friend of mine who did it with me, and she was going through this. I cannot guarantee that I would not have quit had I not been in it with her because Mm -hmm. there were times I just, like, wanted, I was so hungry 
my stuff, it's like your body starts rebelling against you. Like, why aren't you feeding me? Right. Your body's like, it's feed like your, me. Your body is battling itself. Like it's mental versus the physical. Right. And, um, and it's so hard. I mean, it can be done, but the fact that I had someone else that was with me and I realized, you know what? I didn't just make this commitment to me. I made this commitment to her and I don't want to let her down by just quitting. And I think the same thing happens. And I have, and I know it, I know it to be true because I've actually heard my people in my program tell me when I have some of my coaching sessions, they've actually told me, I don't want to let you down. And, And I've had to tell them, you can't let me down. This mm-hmm. is your project. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to help you, but I don't ever want you to feel like you would ever let me down by not falling. If you fall behind on a on a uh, assignment or something like that, right. because my goal is to empower you and to move you forward. But it shows you how someone's mindset that shifts when they know there's someone else they're accountable to other than themselves. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's huge. And I love, too, that you were saying you personally are not disappointed because I'm sure you, like me as a coach, are like, I'm seeing you put in the effort, you know, Um, I'm seeing you do the work. But I think it's more of a personal thing with your client saying, I don't want to let you down. I I heard a good um, uh, uh, phrase, and it's called, um, and I'm paraphrasing here but basically people do better when there's skin in the game so to speak meaning mm, yep. if you have a group that you're accountable to if you have a coach you're accountable to if you've um and hey let's be candid if you've paid money to be in a group to do writing you're a whole lot more focused because you're like well dang you know it was worth it to me to spend the money to be a part of this group i'm going to put some time and effort into it mhm so exactly. I, th- I think that's huge. Um, so when um, you guys do accountability for, and you were mentioning about the accelerated program in particular for Find Your mm-hmm. Muse, um, I guess, it, does everybody have the same deadline? Um, yes and no, because everybody's project is different. Right. And so, um, so typically um, we have specific deadlines. There are certain what needs to be accomplished by that deadline? We have times that we come together mm-hmm. as a team um, when when assignments and things are due, mm-hmm. but what each person has to have completed obviously is very different depending on the scope of their project. That makes um, sense. So it just varies. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, I was curious about that because I started a, uh online writing course, and I'm very excited Ooh. about that. And it's to help writers who don't know where to start get started and yeah with this because everybody's starting at the same place I have everybody mm-hmm. um write their first four chapters together but I was curious about the deadline because with that um like you're saying everybody's project is different but you know so I didn't have I had everybody starting at the same time but not necessarily ending at the same time um but uh I was just curious about that. But to go back to the accountability piece, I really feel with having the group dynamic, I have a Zoom call every week with the group. 
And I find mm-hmm. everybody, and, and maybe it's because, you know, writers like us are a tribe, but we all kind of come together and we're like, you know, people who don't know each other at the beginning of the course towards the end are, you know, are going, hey, that's awesome, Beth. I'm so glad you did blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you just find mm-hmm. that excitement for other people and you're not going through it all by yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's really huge. It makes a huge difference. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I think um, having um, a writing group can be really helpful. Also having, um, uh, I guess, similar to having your tribe, having a um, larger group of writers. Um, here in uh, the Richmond area, we have the James River Writers Group. And mm-hmm. um, you and I have attended some of those meetings, Nikita. Yeah, we have. We have. It's great because it, it ties you into, like you said, your tribe, your group of people. And, um, you know, James River Writers is really more or less kind of, it's, a, it's an association that draws people together for, you know, learning and, and um, collaboration and for sharing. Um, but, there, you know, there are opportunities for, you know, they get together and do writing. They have writing um, groups that get together, too, every week mm-hmm. and things like that. I have to figure out, you know, what works best um, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even do, um, and I've done this um, in my program, you can even do like a virtual writing group. Um, so maybe where you come together, um, you know, this, this brings back the accountability piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe, you know, maybe it's a nasty day, like it's raining and nasty outside today and people don't want to go out. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know what, we're going to do, I'm going to do, let's do a one, a one hour speed writing um, uh, um time for us to come together virtually yes. and you bring the team together virtually you could do it on zoom you could do it on um on, on facebook live or whatever but the whole goal is it's not even necessary about being social like you and i are talking today right but it's just we're going to get together and we're going to write and you can put little reports and say hey i got 500 words in i got and the, you'd be surprised at how much that it's a small thing and it doesn't require you to even leave your house um what that can do to spur your um your confidence and to move you forward oh absolutely it it's similar to um setting a a regular appointment to go to the gym or (laughs) i always like the analogy of you brush your teeth every day you know um uh you can also carve out some time to to write every day there's things that we just take for granted that we're going to do because like don't not brush your teeth gross um Exactly, <laughs> but you 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 do the same thing where you have a habit, and especially when you're a part of a group and it becomes an expectation. There's a group um, our mutual friend uh, Charles George told me about, and I've been to it a couple of times. I have to admit, I'm bad because sometimes I'm I'm just so busy. I'm working at home, but it's like a writing sure. accountability group that meets every Wednesday morning. And the group gets together. They have a set time, like, let's say, five to ten minutes of chat time. And then somebody ultimately goes, okay, everybody, quiet. And then everybody gets, you know, puts their heads down and writes. And, you know, people are cranking out their newsletters. They're writing blogs. You know, they're working on a chapter of their book. They're all working on different things. But they're all there to support each other and keep each other accountable. I like that. It's very, like very that. cool. And, um, and yeah, that, that's a great way to set yourself up for success is when, when you're not just doing it by yourself, um, like you were talking about with the, the, the cleanse diet. And that does sound like hell, by the way. I don't think I could do that. 
But when you have somebody that you're going through, you know, going through it and, and somebody who will understand, because I think that's part of being the writing tribe is when you're talking to other people who understand us like, man, I just do not know what to write for this next chapter or something like that. You know, your average person isn't going to understand. They'll just be like, well, just write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not the support we need. It might be like, oh, well, have you thought about blah, 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 or even just being there in a group. I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of a creative energy flow that we get when we're all together. (laughs) I agree. I agree with you. For sure. Awesome. Very cool. Well, great topic. Yes. And now it's time for Gregarious Goofballs. All right. It's now time for, say it with me. Gregarious goofballs. <laughs> Whoops. I laughed so hard I, I knocked my headphones off. <laughs> All right. So, Miss Nikita, what you got for us today? Okay. So, this um, this is a childhood story. I don't think I've shared this before. If I have, I um, forgive me. Um, it. Um, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> It's uh, pretty bad. Um, so, <laughs> um, do you remember when, I mean, scooters have come back, but back when when I was a kid, um, they had just emerged as being really popular. Scooters? And, um, scooters, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, we lived in a neighborhood where with a lot of little boys. I don't, I, I never considered myself a tomboy, but... Um, I think for that period of time in my life, I was somewhat of a tomboy because there were just little boys in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. And I was probably 11, 12-ish, maybe even a little younger than that, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and my little brother was about two. Mm-hmm. And um, it, he, it was just the two of us at the time. Um, my two, the youngest two hadn't been born yet. And um, it I was learning to be an older sister. Mm. And at this point, it was, you know, when you're a little kid as an older sister and you have a little two-year-old brother and every time you want to go outside and play, your mom is like, take your little brother. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, why does he have to go everywhere? And he's a toddler. So he's like, you know, you can't do stuff with him. And so, um, so I went outside to play with my friends and we had... You know, they had the scooter. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I want to ride your scooter. And I got this bright idea to go up on top of one of our neighbors. They had this really steep driveway. Uh-oh. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go and ride, you know, the scooter down the driveway. It was just such a bad idea. It was such a steep. <laughs> like, seems like, like, like a, a bad roller idea. coaster. Um, <laughs> but not only was it my idea to ride the scooter down the driveway, but to put my little brother on the scooter with me. <gasps> no! Brother. He didn't really want to go either, but I'm like, I'm watching you, you got to go. <laughs> so I, put him, I put him on the scooter. It, it was a disaster. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, because obviously, steep driveway scooter, it's like you're going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crash was no. imminent. There was no question that we were going to crash and and it was 
probably like one of the worst moments of my life as a kid oh, because no. my little brother like went face down on the pavement oh, and I fell like on top of him and he's crying Aww. and flips him over and he's got this big like gash oh, like, on his head. No. and I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, you ever been known that you're going to get been so scared about about getting in trouble that you're freaking like I started hallucinating like yeah. oh my, God, my mom is gonna kill me right. like I just knew I was gonna die that day like <laughs> I'm so, in so much trouble I'm disassociating right I'm scared, now. Man. Oh, and, no. oh, and so no. um, he didn't he did, he didn't end up needing stitches. But he did have to wear gauze around his head for like oh, like a month no. <laughs> before his hair even grew back over anything. So I felt so bad. <laughs> he was only two. Oh, poor um, kiddo. So it's probably one of the worst things I've ever done to my sibling. <laughs> oh, no. But I just love that at that point you were like, "This is a great idea. Look at this steep driveway. <laughs> It'll be perfect." Perfect opportunity. Oh, and you're, I'm watching you, so you get on board with me, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. That's Terrible. too funny. Terrible. <laughs> so I'm sure yours makes you look like a much better person than I did as a kid. So mine is, is short and sweet, and I'll never forget this moment, so. There I am. I'm in college. I'm going to the William and Mary gym. I'm all, you know, I'm I'm looking a little cute because you never know who you might run into when you're there. And for yeah. whatever reason, at the gym, I decided to use. Um, have you ever seen there? It's like a jump rope, but it's got it's like a weighted jump rope. I think so. It's it's like a thicker jump rope, and I guess the purpose of it is, you know, it's better workout for your arms because you know it's more weight. So there mm-hmm. I am. I'm in this crowded gym, and I'm trying to look <laughs> cute. Remember, and I've never used this before. I've done jump roping, so I know how to do that. <laughs> I took the jump rope, heavy jump rope, and swung it around and knocked my feet out from <laughs> under me, <laughs> and I. Face planted. <laughs> and I want to say one of the sports teams was there. It was all these cute guys. And, of course, they look over at me. And there I am on the floor. <laughs> and you know what I did? I just immediately put the jump rope away and walked out of the gym. <laughs> like a lady. Like a lady, yes. <laughs> A lady oh whose name is God. not Grace, but yep, I just took that puppy and I went, wha-pow! And it happened That's so fast, hilarious. I was like stunned, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The written word is powerful. If one photo is worth a thousand words, can you imagine the value and power of putting those words to video? Power Up Video works with authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs to help you bring your powerful message to life online. Creating story-driven promotional reels, book trailers, educational course content, and much more. Power up your message with video from Power Up Video. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and at PowerUpVideo.com. 
Nikita. This has been such an awesome topic. It really has. It's been so fun. I love it. You know, I think maybe one of the reasons why both of us became writing coaches is not just because we love writing, but also because we love setting people up for success. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so this has been just been really good. I think, you know, one of the first things that we talked about was setting intentions. Because yes. without having a firm why in place and understanding why you're doing what you're doing, um, you're not setting yourself up for success. You will fail if you don't have a firm um, grip on why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. Having that intention and and going into it knowing that it's something that, that will take some work and effort. I love your definition of discipline. I think that is so cool. It, it, it's something that, oh, yeah. that you do for yourself, you know. And, and, Absolutely. And, and when you think about it, when you're setting yourself up for writing, when you're setting yourself up for writing success, you're not only scratching what I call that writing itch, but you're also keeping a promise to yourself, which feels so good because it feels mm-hmm. awful when you promise, oh, I'm going to do so-and-so when you let yourself down. Um, of course. I think that feeds right into what we're, we were talking about with um, empowerment and resistance and tackling fear if it's like I'm confident in myself that I can make this commitment and and have the discipline to stick to it that's huge yeah absolutely absolutely you've got to be got to be disciplined um it makes like we're saying it it gains your self-respect um and and part of part of what feeds that discipline Mm -hmm. um is accountability, which is another thing that, you know, we kind of talked about is um, that being accountable not only to yourself, but involving other people. I think that adds another layer um, uh, to the process to really keep you on track with your goals because you are, it's crazy, you're willing to be more accountable to someone else than you are to yourself. Exactly. And isn't that interesting? But but knowing that fact, you can you know, set yourself up for success by having that accountability. I remember somebody once saying, when when you decide that you're going to write a book, the first mm-hmm. thing you should do is tell somebody who you know, like, and trust that <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm starting my book and this is happening. And by making that declaration both to yourself and to someone else, it, it makes it real, so to speak. Yeah, and it there's, makes sense a lot of power to that. You know, it's like I am declaring my intention to make this happen. And you also have an end state in mind. Um, and, and not to say that there aren't times when sometimes you might just feel like writing, just free writing just for fun. But when you're writing with intention and you know, you have a yeah. goal in mind, you you, yeah. you can work away at it and you can see yourself meeting that goal and making it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. Awesome. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can go about being accountable um, or working in groups, whether you're working with a coach, whether you're going and you're participating in a writing group that meets, like, on a weekly basis. Right. We talked about you could even do it virtually. Um, there's a lot of ways for you to be able to do it, but the goal is to kind of keep that accountability going. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and make it a habit. You know, we, we were talking about, you know, make it something like, well, this is just what I do at this time every day or, you know, um, um, you know, make yeah. that that um, commitment to the group and also that group dynamic. There's just something about that 
Um, it, it, it also, I think sometimes when we are focused on our own writing project only, it can feel extremely intense and we feel like we're in this little stress bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and knowing, like talking to other people, other writers who are like, oh, I'm working on this and this is where I'm at and blah, blah, blah. You realize you're not alone in it. And that other people may be going through the, some of the same writing challenges that you are. And, gosh, I've learned so much. Um, uh, you know, like, for instance, when you and I talk, um, Nikita, you've taught me about so many awesome writing tools and things that I can use that have improved my writing drastically. That's another way to set yourself up for success is, is to keep, um, you know, talk to other people who have some great tips and ideas for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's huge. Collaboration. Collaboration. I don't want to sing about it. <laughs> I didn't have a backup line. I was thinking of Conjunction Junction from Schoolhouse yeah, Rock. <laughs> We're working on collaboration. It's a writing nation. Okay, we got to work on that. But anyway. <laughs> See, we're songwriters too. That's right. Exactly. See? <laughs> the creative muse has visited. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, so much fun talking about this with you this week. Yes, I have enjoyed it. It's been great. Awesome. And peeps, please be sure and reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. What did you think of this episode? What keeps you accountable? And uh, subscribe. Uh, We're on, oh my gosh, we're on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and SoundCloud. Woo woo. Yes. So found it. Find us. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the Sociable Scribes podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week to learn more amazing tips on writing and publishing. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and share it with a friend.